Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. You probably think you know fairy tales. Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood. You probably think that they're cute and boring. But the real stories aren't cute and boring at all. The grim fairy tales were weird and sometimes gross and often scary. And in the podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, you can listen along with a group of other kids as I tell them those tales. The episodes are sometimes grim, sometimes grimmer, and sometimes grimmest. But no matter how creepy it gets, we'll always have a great time guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and discussing what these tales mean to us. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. Hello again, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This frostbitten tale, Story Club members, might make you not mess with the icebound deceased. It's one that I call Frozen Dead Dude. We'll be out for a few hours, Michael's mother said. We're going on a little nature walk. You guys are welcome to accompany us if you like. Nah, Michael and I both said it at the same time. A nature walk sounds like too much fun, Michael added with a sarcastic tone. I don't think we could handle that much excitement. <sighs> Fine. There are pizza pockets out in the garage freezer, his mother said with a sigh. Warm up some lunch in the microwave. And then Michael's parents were gone, out the door and headed up the snowy trail, hand in hand. Michael's parents' winter home was about 60 miles from town, up in the mountains. After an hour later with nothing to do, Michael and I decided to go outside and have a snowball war. For about 20 minutes in the cold, we hurled snowballs at each other from behind trees, snowbanks, and from around the corners of the cabin. As I was retreating away from Michael, his snowball zipping past my frozen ears like buzzing hornets, something tripped me. I fell, face first, into the snow. It was so cold, it burned my skin. As I pulled my snow-encrusted self out of the snow, I at first could hear Michael laughing at me. But then he suddenly hushed up and said, quietly, oh man, what is that? Rising up, I saw a horrifying sight. A blue-faced man, his mouth cocked at an odd angle, seemed to stare back at me. He was frozen in a block of ice. A thousand things ran through our minds as we stood and appraised the situation. Who was he? Where did he come from? Who froze him? And why? 
I'd seen programs on TV about finding frozen Neanderthals and woolly mammoths, but this man was clothed and looked, well, modern. I had my doubts that he was frozen in ice since prehistoric times. My guess was that he was only a few years, or hey, even a few days, frozen. Michael came up with the hypothesis that the frozen man had fallen off a truck and tumbled down the gorge into the valley where the cabin was. You know, there are all of these nondescript trucks and vans driving up and down the highway all the time. You know, the army and whatnot. Maybe he was part of some kind of experiment. I shrugged my shoulders. Who could say? Okay, this part wasn't so bad. If we would have just left the frozen dead dude where we found him and waited for Michael's parents to return and handle the situation, things would have probably turned out fine. Of course, that's not how things went. We unhitched the block of ice imprisoning the frozen dead dude from the ropes. We had started up the snowmobile, tied the entombed man to the back, and brought it around to the garage. We then hand-trucked it inside the garage. The space heaters that Michael's dad used to warm the garage were blistering, full blast. We were even out there with blow dryers. I really don't know what possessed us to thaw the man, but we did. At the time, it seemed like we had to, and no reason on earth would have prevented us. It reminded me of when my mom set out frozen chicken in the sink to thaw for a few hours. Thud. 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 The frozen dude, now thawed out, was banging on the side door of the garage to be let into the cabin. What are we gonna do? Michael shouted in my ear, derailing my train of thought. Thud. 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 I thought about it for a moment amid the banging of zombie fists on the other side of the door. (sighs) I don't know. We have two choices. We can either go around and open the garage door and let him out and hope he loses interest and walks away. Nope. Not sure enough, Michael interrupted. Thud. 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 Okay. Or we can put him back into deep freeze. How are we going to do that, Michael asked. Whoever froze him probably had state-of-the-art equipment. I was thinking again about my mom's frozen chicken thawing in the sink when I said, well, we could dump him into your parents' chest freezer. With the pizza pockets and junk? Thud. 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 Um, do you have any better suggestions? I asked, shooting Michael my sternest look. He relented. After I quickly explained my plan, we moved into action. Hey, you ugly mug, over here, Michael shouted minutes later as he threw open the garage door. It rolled up with a thundering crash. When the frozen dead dude went after Michael, who stood there with nothing more than a hockey stick for self-defense, I opened the side door to the garage, jerked open the chest door freezer, and then seized the ropes that we hauled the frozen block on. The plan was simple enough. Throw some ropes around the zombie, force him back with the hockey stick, and then deposit him into the chest freezer. We'd put some heavy stuff on top so he couldn't open it. In a few hours, with luck, he might start to freeze again like a Thanksgiving turkey. After that, we could figure out what to do next. Like most plans, it worked up to a point, but then went awry. I managed to throw the rope around the zombie and pulled it tight. Michael used the hockey stick like a battering ram and forced the bound zombie backward. With Michael pushing and my pulling, we managed to wrestle the undead guy next to the open chest freezer. After that, it was like hefting a 50-pound bag of potatoes, or in the frozen dude dead's case, about a 150-pound bag into the deep freeze. 
he dropped in with a sickening plunk onto the frozen goods. I don't think I'll ever be able to look at a pizza pocket, let alone eat one ever again. Then here's where things went wrong, like really wrong. As I released the rope and shifted to close the lid, the frozen dead dude leaned his purplish head out of his white electronic coffin and bit me on the arm. It wasn't a deep bite, but it broke the skin. Michael forced him back with the hockey stick, and we slammed the lid shut. We dropped several bags of instant cement on top of the chest freezer. The zombie beat against the lid, but couldn't open it. His moans and his wails, ugh, they were horrible and they'll haunt me forever. I suddenly remembered the Poe story, the premature burial from school. Now we wait, Michael said. Maybe my parents will know what to do. Maybe, I said, rubbing the bite. It was an unusual bite. It started to itch and to tingle. It was already growing a purplish red around the area. Uh, Do you have any disinfectant, Michael? We doctored up my wound together with some antibacterial ointment and gauze bandages, but it throbbed. The bite under the cotton batting almost felt like it was uh, moving. I started to feel really sick to my stomach. I looked in the mirror. I was a lighter shade of pale than I even was normally, and there were dark circles forming under my eyes. I think that there was something in that frozen dead dude's bite, I said. Yeah, you don't look so good, Michael said. You'd better take it easy and wait for my parents to get here. I lay on the couch holding my arm and waited. I closed my eyes only once and had disturbing dreams of lurking across the frozen countryside, shambling around, undead just like the zombie that was now reclining in the chest freezer. Will I become one of those? The future suddenly seemed to darken, like the daylight dimming outside. The only thing I can do now is hope and wait. Wow, that bites. I guess the moral of the story here is don't play with the dead, even if they're frozen. They could return with a vengeance. Do you know what my favorite thing is about doing this show? Hearing from all of you, my beloved listeners. So send your story ideas to ivy at gokidgo.com for a shout out on Ivy's Chilling Tales. And hey, if you write a great one, we can even help you feature as a guest host for the day. Story Club members are creepily creative. So flex your imagination and join me on the air. And come back tomorrow for another episode because every Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out. Go, kid, go. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. 
So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.